On the front lines of the entertainment sphere, you're listening to Muse Live with your host, Thomas Hunt. Live. I'm your host, Thomas Hunt, and today we're going to be breaking down The Eternals and going over my overall thoughts of the movie and talking a bit about the community's reception to it as well. Um, now, this is a divisive film on many fronts. Some people really loved it, and if you did, that's great. Uh, I'm going to forewarn you that I'm not going to go easy on this film. Personally, I didn't, um, I didn't enjoy it. I wouldn't say it's completely unwatchable. Uh, some people are. Um, it has its moments, but on the whole, I I think it's riddled with a number of plot holes. Um, and obviously nothing's, nothing's completely free of plot holes. No movie is. Um, even the, the greats, the classics, they have their plot holes, they have their cliches, their inconsistencies. But uh, in no way would I be ranking the Eternals among the MCU's classics or the greats of the MCUs, um, of the MCU, like your Captain America, Winter Soldiers, your Guardians of the Galaxies, your Endgames, um, or the, an interesting parallel, the very first Avengers movie, which was a huge deal because it took characters from different films that had their own arcs and their own backstories and their own, um, personal challenges that we knew and loved. And they put them all together into one movie where they were, where they were just kind of, where they were running around and interacting with each other. And it was everyone's dream because no one knew what to expect with the MCU. Nobody knew if it was going to be a bigger thing or if there was just going to be the one Iron Man film. No one really knew what to expect. Um, and so I think a part of that was was the time that it was set in um, before everyone was kind of desensitized to the amount of characters running around. Uh, the closest thing we've had to that since is the Guardians and Avengers Infinity War. where They met the uh, the Avengers, which was obviously a huge moment and one that I was... Um, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily around, um, to, to feel the reception that the people, um, the people did when they were, um, when all the Avengers came together in the first Avengers movie and they brought in all the different characters. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't a huge fan of Marvel then. I wasn't really into it. I, I got into it around the time of, uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, Captain America and Winter Soldier, um, around that, around that time. But, um, before then... I wasn't, um, I wasn't a huge, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I just wasn't really, it wasn't part of my life yet. So 
take what I'm saying with a grain of salt, but the Eternals tried to do something very ambitious, and I respect that. Uh, it tried to introduce ten new characters and focus on all of them somewhat equally as main characters and give them character arcs. They tried to give some of them character arcs. Some of them were kind of uh, one-dimensional characters who threw out a quick line every once in a while. Um, and the MCU is known for having those kinds of characters, but the important thing that the MCU often does, or the directors or the actors, um, I'm not crediting the cinematic universe itself with all of this, um, is they give each one of them a different arc, whether it's in their own spin-off series or their own movie. Um, and I have my thoughts about Disney Plus series um, and the, the level of quality that seems to be taking place uh, within those. But that's another topic that I'm going to get into later. And I think the big problem with Eternals is that no one felt, or I shouldn't say no one, a large number of people, I think it's fair to say the vast majority of people, didn't have any emotional uh, attraction or um, they, they didn't they didn't have really um, much of a... Uh, They didn't really care about the characters. Um, I'm trying to think of, of a nicer way to say it, but that's 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 it's the blunt um, blunt truth. I wouldn't say I didn't care about the characters. Um, I was a little bit upset when Gilgamesh died because he was pretty cool. Uh, my favorite characters coming out of this were probably people that were more to the sidelines uh, than the main characters. <laughs> they. Um, the choice in casting was interesting uh, for a lot of them. Uh, Gemma Chan, I believe, and um, I, forget the, I forget the name of the guy who played Icarus. They had no chemistry whatsoever, um, and it seems like this movie wanted to do a lot of things, wanted to be the first in a lot of things, but didn't exactly know how to do those things uh, well or how to um, effectively do them. For example, they um, the director was very proud that it was the first MCU movie with um, with a sex scene, which I don't. I mean, technically it was, yeah. It was it was just very weird. Um, and I guess most 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 of those kinds of scenes are, but it felt completely out of place in the movie. Um, it didn't make sense really in the context. Um, and really, those, those two actors had no chemistry, which is a common criticism of this movie. Uh, there's supposed to be, like, the big romance that... There's a whole um, uh, love triangle, and... I mean, I will give I will give um, uh, Kit Harington and Gemma Chan... They had some chemistry, but uh, the guy who played Icarus had... Um, Robin, Robert... Uh, my brain is saying Madden, but I don't, I don't think that's right. Whatever, that, the guy who played Icarus. Icarus uh, and Cersei really had no chemistry uh, at all, and it was kind of made the film a little bit hard to watch. It's kind of... Um, I really do like the Star Wars prequels because they were a big part of my childhood, but looking back on them, they, I think they have... I think Cersei and, um, and Icarus have about the same amount of chemistry that Anakin and Padme did, uh, and that's, that's a big criticism of the prequels. It was... the. Dialogue was interesting, um, but again, getting back to what I was saying earlier on how it needed to be the first in a lot of things, and that's felt like that was what the goal with this film was. Um, it was the first to have uh, 
or at least I, th I think the first to have like a gay black character in the movie, um, and the first to to really show that. And of course, that was all edited out, edited out for for China because Disney likes to do that. Um, be easy, easy. Um, I don't want to get banned, so I don't know how much of that I can I can openly talk about on here. Anyway, um, yeah, so. It wouldn't be the first in a lot of things. There was the first uh, deaf superhero, which, I mean, all power, more power to you. Um, Daredevil is awesome. He's blind, so I don't, I don't see why you couldn't have a deaf superhero. Uh, but in the context why they did this, really makes no sense. Um, spoilers for the movie, obviously. Uh, it turns out that the Eternals are all like flesh robots um, created by the Eternals to enact their bidding and protect the and protect the life on the planet so that a Celestial can hatch out of the planet, which uh, I believe Eric Voss from New Rockstars called. I don't know if he called um, that, they, that they were like flesh robots, but he definitely called the Celestial breaking out of the Earth, so props to him. Um, and... Uh, My point being, and this is a lot of the plot holes in the Eternals, and they never really specified why or answered this question, and if you're going to have these rules, great, just set out some ground rules. Um, they never explained why the Eternals chose to make one of their super soldiers deaf. That would be a little bit of a disadvantage. Um, talking from a strictly military's perspective, if you're going to have a, a soldier in the heat of battle... You would want them to be, if you're making a super soldier, you want them to be as as, as uh, fully fit and capable as possible. And that's not to say that deaf people aren't capable of things; they certainly are. But if your hands are down and you can't use, you can't communicate, like using sign language, or you, I don't know, your hand gets blown off or something, or you're in the middle of a battle, um, it, it could be it could be a big problem. Anyway, my point was, these are supposed to be like the perfect. Uh, epitome better than human beings, um, and they made one of them unable to hear. I don't understand the reasoning behind that. Why, why would why would they do that? Um, another thing, same same thing in my mind. Uh, they gave each of them specific different sets of powers, and it felt like they were just kind of going for the generic superhero team, where each of them like one of them can fly, one of them can do this, one of them super strength, etc. Uh, without actually giving any reasoning as to why the Celestials didn't just you know give them all of them. You couldn't have all of those things. Why not give them all super speed and flight and laser eyes and all the other superhero tropes that all these characters had? To my, to the best of my knowledge, that was never addressed, um, and that's another common criticism coming out of this film. Um, <sighs> Again, is it the worst superhero movie ever? No. If you enjoyed it, that's great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It just felt um, overly cliche. The twist with the robots was... I mean, it wasn't a bad twist. I don't think many people saw it coming. I don't mind it. Um, you know, it was cool. It was a twist. They, 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 I think, for the most extent, they were, they were able to pull that off. The mm, major gaping plot hole... Uh, and I, I use those words very carefully, um, is because th at the end of the movie, again, spoilers, they uh, they end up freezing a giant celestial who's hatching out of the earth, 
and its hand and head are coming out of the earth and they just, you know, they, they turn it to rock so it stops moving. And, um, then everything's fine. I don't know if they, um, I don't know if they understand how physics works, but that is, uh, <laughs> that would cause a lot of damage, a massive amount of damage. There would be flooding, there would be, um, earthquakes, there would, there would be huge, it would, it would be huge, uh, it would present huge, uh, ecological problems, and there'd be natural disasters all over the place if, if the earth didn't, I mean, the earth was, was cracking apart, and hands and things, hands and heads, and probably feet and legs, and all sorts of things were coming out of the earth, and they turned it to stone, uh, just because they turned it to stone doesn't mean everything went back exactly the way it was before, so, um, and they, I mean, they even showed later on some television footage that they were still like working on on trying to clean up the giant mess. Uh, that's still a major problem, and it's just it's just smoothed over. Like, oh, nothing happened just because we stopped it from moving and turned it into rock means that everything goes back to normal. No, there would be huge issues, massive flooding. There'd be a bunch of problems. Um, basically, to sum it up, it would not not be a one and done thing. Oh, it's it's frozen or and turned to ice or. Um, stone, I don't, I don't know what exact material she turned it into, but quartz, whether it was quartz or something like that. Anyway, not good. Giant, um, creature hatching out of the earth is not good. Uh, even if you stop it halfway, it still cause a lot of death, a lot of damage. Um, and that's never addressed. Also, I don't know if the earth would be able to continue to survive. It's got half of like a, a stone carcass hanging out of it. Just point of view so it feels like the mcu is in a little bit of a rocky point and that may be intentionally i don't know if that was intentional with the eternals I, I doubt it but i think the mcu is supposed to be in kind of like a rocky place at this point with um earth and the universe so that we when dr strange and the multiverse of madness comes around they'll be able to kind of clean it up um a bit and possibly reboot the mcu in, in a couple of ways there's been some theories about that um but right now, Earth is in a very bad position. Uh, somehow it's still hanging on, even though there's a giant carcass hanging out of it. And um, another thing that the MCU likes to do right now is to have characters ending up in courts of law. Uh, they did that with Loki, which was cool. It was cool the first time they did it. I was a big fan of the Loki series. The TVA was awesome. I loved the, the detail and the design of that. And just the fact that there was, you know, like an interdimensional court was just a cool concept. Um, I know it's not a brand new thing that was taken from the comics, like most things in the MCU are, but it was still cool. Um, but when you're dealing with something like uh, the Eternals doing that too, they have their own little courtroom. How many courtrooms are we going to have? How many secret groups that have been here this whole time that we never knew about that have courtrooms are we going to have i understand the necessity for more and more villains that we didn't know that were there the whole time like uh in shang chi with the with the man well i mean we, we did know the ten rings were there but they were uh they were underground for most of the time and i think shang chi was done very well it was a good movie um i would not say that eternals was a good movie um it did i mean it did some world building i guess we, we already I mean, not really. No, they just told us that the Eternals have been here for a very long time. They've been watching us and communicating with our main characters like Thor and Captain America and things like that. And we just never heard about them. 
for some reason, and Thor never was like thought to call them up. He's like, "Hey, this big purple grapes attacking the Earth." I mean, of course, they they tried to address that. They were like, "Oh, well, we were only told to fight off deviants, and that's all we could do." Um. Now, if we want to get nerdy here, uh, and yes, I, I did I did look this up beforehand. Um, Thanos is also an Eternal. He's like the child of two Eternals, but he had the Deviant gene, which was what made him look purple and wrinkly. Um, I guess that's the best way to say it. Purple and wrinkly. Um, there are some things I could say about his chin, but I think it's better if we don't get into that. So, um, Anyway, so technically he's a deviant, uh, from what I've looked up, and I, I don't know if this is true in the MCU or if he's just a purple alien that came from some purple alien planet. Uh, well, I mean, Titan. If, on Titan, everyone looked like that, but when he showed, like, Doctor Strange his, um, the planet of Titan, there were people walking around. They looked... I mean, they didn't look big and huge and purple and wrinkly. Uh, so what they plan to do with that, I don't know. Anyway, um... I will give them this. Thanos certainly didn't look like whatever the heck the design of the deviants were in, in this film. It was um, it was an interesting design choice. I'll give him that. Uh, it just I don't know. It just felt like a stereotypical monster. You're like, oh, it's a big monster thing. I've seen the Tomorrow War, which was great by the way. I love that movie. Um, Chris Pratt is one of my favorite actors, so I might have a little bit of a blind spot, but I thought that movie was great. Um, and then you have, <laughs> um, then you have something like Edge of Tomorrow, where you've got monsters that are kind of similar towards that, and I know both of the movies have Tomorrow in the title. Um, all I'm saying is it, the monsters and the, the, the deviants and the Eternals just felt like a stereotypical monster. Um, just like many of the characters in the movie felt like stereotypical things, stereotypical things, and a lot of these characters were just stereotypes a lot of things in this movie were just stereotypes and i think that's why a lot of people who watched this just felt kind of um desensitized to it because we've already seen all of this before we know what's going to happen uh again the one twist in that was that they were all flesh robots which cool um yeah and that they'd done this before on other planets i mean that that, that was Again, it was a twist. It was it was there. I'm not complaining about it. I wouldn't complain about it. It's you know it's it's a decent it's a, de it's a decent twist. I think overall the movie is just kind of it's okay. It's mediocre. Uh, when I first watched it, I had a much harsher feeling towards it. Um, I actually put a, if you're on listening on Spotify, I put out a poll. Um, I've never put out a poll in here before, so I don't know where it'd be. Maybe underneath the post or in the description or something. I'm not sure. Um, but if it's on, if you're listening on Spotify, it should be right there. I know Spotify is only like 5% of my listeners. Most of the people are on, um, uh, Apple podcasts. I think I, I look at my analytics all the time. It's, it's really cool to see how people from all over the world are listening. Um, I have a lot of people listening from uh, Washington, Virginia. A lot of my audience is from there. Um, a lot of my audience is, is in South Carolina, which is really cool. Um, and then I have, and then there are people listening from like all over the world. So like, uh, I 
think there was a couple of people in Ethiopia. There was people from South Korea. Um, I mean, I could go down the whole list. There were a lot of people from a lot of different countries and a lot of different places listening, which is, I just think that's really cool. Um, so thank you for listening, by the way. Uh, but yes, so I put a poll there, and the poll basically says, uh, what were your thoughts on the, on the movie? There are three different options. So, I mean, if you thought it was good, it's like that. The second one was meh, which is kind of my opinion on it. Um, and the third one was my original opinion on the movie, which was uh, unwatchable. I struggled to watch it. I had to stop halfway through, and um, I just stopped watching it because I, I couldn't watch it anymore. It was... I just had to take a break. Um, so I went and I took a break for a while, um, like a week or so, and then I went back and tried to watch the movie again. And that time I, I sat through it. Um, and my reaction was still the same. It was pretty much unwatchable. And so I, I waited I waited a while. And that's why I waited so long to make this, make this video, because I, I don't want to make an unbiased opinion off of just coming out of the movie. And, and um, I don't want to hate on this movie, because I know there are a lot of people who like movies that are hated on for example i've felt the other end of this aisle i was i've always been a big fan of the amazing spider-man films um i really know nothing about andrew garfield um or what he's like and that doesn't really matter to me i just like the portrayal um i like the movie i liked i just like the 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 two amazing spider-man movies i i thought i thought they were I thought they were good. I liked them. Um growing up they were kind of the two spider-man movies that i watched i know a lot of people grew up with toby Maguire spider-man I ended up growing up with Andrew Garfield, so I ha I feel more of an attachment to that than I do to Tobey Maguire's. Um, although my friend my friend and I um, have watched the, some of the Tobey Maguire films and kind of um, laughed a bit at the campy nature, but um, I mean they're still good movies, you know, uh, very quotable, very memeable. But we're not talking about Spider-Man films. My point being was that I think. I think overall it was um, it was not a great film, and I think there are a lot of films that are not great films and not well received by audiences, but people out there still like them. And so if you're one of those people, I didn't want you to listen to this and it just be an hour or 30 minutes or however long this is of me just hating on a movie and ripping on it. So I want to point out the things that it did well, and I want to point out the things that it didn't do well. I want to be fair. I want to... I want to have both people, pe people who didn't like it and people who did like it, walk away from this feeling like both of their sides were equally represented. Um, or not even equally, but both of their sides were represented because that's something that happens a lot. People are quick to judge and people are quick to hate on things. So I gave it some time. Um, I'm back now. I also had a bunch of problems with just life. Um, but I'm, I'm back. I'm back to the podcast. I'm back doing the podcast now. And... Um, now I'm at the point where I, I've I've watched the movie, I think two more times. And I was look I was purposely looking for the good things. I think the good things are um, Kum. I might be getting his name wrong. Kumail Nanjiani, I think that's how you say it. Um, he was hilarious in this. He was he uh, he was probably my favorite character. He um, uh, Gilgamesh and. Oof. Forgetting the name of his character, uh, Kumail Nanjiani's, um, yeah, he, yeah, I forget the name of his character. He he was the he was the guy that that wore blue and um, he shot like energy out of his hands. Anyway, he was really funny in the role. He was like the um, the guy who did all the Bollywood stuff. 
He was hilarious. Uh, I liked his character. I liked uh, Gilgamesh. I thought Gilgamesh was cool. Um, I mean, Icarus was... I mean, he was alright, you know? I did like uh, um, Dane Whitman, which was Kit Harrington's character, and he's going to be the Black Knight, which we saw with the post credit scene. Um, excited for that. That should be cool. Uh, I think he did a good job. The others I wasn't so much a fan of. I was a little bit weirded out by uh, Barry Keoghan's Keoghan's performance. Um, I don't... I don't know how I was really supposed to feel about his character. He was supposed to be kind of like... bad, but also good at the same time. It was... He had a, he had a weird dynamic. Um, and then out of nowhere there was, there was like a relationship with... Uh, Makari, the, the deaf uh, speedster. So, he, he, his character was a little bit all over the place. He also, like, made a cult in the mountains, and that was never really addressed. Um, and, 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 and the, um, anyway, I, I don't know. I, I want to I talk about positive things. So, I, I liked um, Kumail, uh, Kumail... I liked the... Um, I can't remember the character's name, which is weird if I'm saying he's my favorite character. But that's that's the thing when you have ten main characters or sort of main characters. They had like three, two or three, uh, two or three of them being the actual main characters in this movie, which and the acting was just kind of was kind of weird. I, I think the nothing against the actors; they just didn't have any chemistry. Um, and it was it was a little, I think it was a little bit weird for me trying to adjust to like them they've always been here, we've just never heard of them for some reason because they they just stayed out of the way and taught at you know a museum taught classes at a museum or I don't know lived in the desert. Uh, Athene Athene I think it was Angelina Jolie's character not a fan of Angelina Jolie but. Um, I know her character was. You know they served their purpose. The characters served their purposes, and I think they served their purposes well. They may have been overplayed stereotypes, but they were. Um, they were all characters. I don't want to be overwhelmingly negative. I know I've said this a lot, and I don't want to be dragging this on. So this one might be shorter. It might be a shorter review than normal, um, simply because I don't want to keep saying the same thing over and over again. So I might cut this a little bit short um, and just leave it at like 25, 30 minutes. On the whole, I don't really have a whole lot to say about this movie. Was it the best MCU movie? No. Was it the worst? Uh, I don't know. I tend, to, I tend to like a lot of MCU movies that are considered to be like bad. I liked Iron Man 3, for one. Um, I, thought it was, I thought it was fun. I like this whole dynamic with um, uh, with the kid Harley, um, and I mean it's kind of a Christmas movie, and I'm a sucker for Christmas movies. I liked it; I thought it was fun. Um, and usually, I can see that for most movies that are like written with potholes and kind of bad, um, or considered to be bad. I don't know if I'd call Iron Man three bad. A lot of people would. I don't know. I thought it was all right. It was good. It was you know it was, it was a fun movie to watch. Um, I don't know if I'd call Eternals fun. 
Eternals was trying to be very dramatic and very, um, I don't know, try and bring a sense of gravitas to the superhero, gravitas to the superhero genre, and it just, it fell short from a lot of things that it was trying to accomplish. Uh, it was trying to have a lot of, um, diversity, uh, in the movie, and I don't think that's bad necessarily, I just don't know if it made much sense in the context. Um, for example, having your super soldier, uh, be deaf. And I mean, I don't have a problem with a deaf superhero. I just wanted to make sense, you know? Um, I think it'd be really cool. They did something really cool with, with, with Daredevil. And I mean, he's one of the most well-known, um, Marvel superheroes and, um, he had, he had a whole, he had a whole show for a while. Um, and there, I mean, there are talks of maybe bringing him into the MCU. I don't know if they'd ever do that. It would be awesome if they did, but, um, as of right now, it's, it's still just, just, uh, just rumor at the time of recording this. So, I think there were a lot of plot holes. If you like this movie, that's fine, okay? It's, it's fine to like a movie that a lot of people don't. It's fine to have your own opinions, and at the end of the day, this is just my opinion. And what you want to take away from this movie is entirely up to you. If you like this, or if you're deaf, in which I don't know how you're listening to this, um, or if you, I don't know, if you know someone who's deaf, again, I'm not trying to hate on deaf people in any way. I just wanted the story to make sense and not have so many plot holes. And so that was one of them that I was pointing out. And I think at the end of the day, the CGI was great. We got, we got, a, we got another Marvel movie. It just didn't feel, really feel like a Marvel movie, but... I think we should be thankful for for what we get. Um, it's it's hard. It's it's very easy to be critical and to be complaining about everything that we get. But we do. This movie cost a lot to make, and a lot of people worked hard on it. And this was someone's vision. And whether or not their vision was fully realized, which it seems like it is from what the director said about the movie, uh, that's something that they wanted to make, and they made it. And whether or not it was something that we wanted to 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 listen to, or, or to watch and to enjoy, and maybe we didn't enjoy it. I don't. I can't really say that I did. But if you did, then, then that's that's good. Good good for you. You know. Um. So I'm gonna call it right here. This is a shorter review than usual, but. Um. I didn't really have a whole lot to say about this movie, and I think that sums up a lot of people's opinions. So thank you for listening. I'll see you in the next one.